I had already recorded this episode earlier on Saturday, talking about Carolina's running backs and the huge opportunity that British Brooks had in front of him this season. But then, on Saturday evening, we got the crushing news of his season-ending injury. So as sad as it is, and as much as we hate it, I decided to re-record the first segment of today's show so that we could talk about where the Tar Heels turn next. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Monday, August 15th, 2022. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen or your first watch every single day. Please don't forget that we are free and available anywhere you get podcasts, your team, every day. So, please, if you would, go ahead and subscribe, and for those of you watching, it'd mean a lot if you would smash the like button and then leave some thoughts for British Brooks there in the chat. I'd also like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. Terms and conditions apply. So last Monday, we talked about the quarterback position, the wide receiver position. We looked at the defense under Gene Chizik. And so today, we turn to the offensive line. I've got some big NIL updates for you, all sorts of stuff going on, but we have to start with the running back room and what's going on there. I wasn't joking off the top. I had recorded this show already, uh, the first segment being all about the running backs, basically asking the question, is British Brooks, is British Brooks RB1 this season? And then we learned Saturday evening, I was driving home from getting some supper for my family or, or um, just running some errands and learned that he had sustained a lower body injury that was going to be season ending. Just brutal, brutal. I hate this for British Brooks. He had waited so patiently behind Michael Carter, behind Javante Williams, last season behind Ty Chandler, who transferred in from Tennessee. His time was here. His shot was now. He had, he had made the most of the opportunity he was given at the end of last season, got some shots, some um, carries in the Wofford game, and then that turned into more against NC State and against South Carolina. Um, after just four total carries in the first 10 games of the season, all four of those against Georgia State. But then the final three games, he had seven carries against Wofford for 89 yards and two touchdowns, 15 carries for 124 yards against NC State, and against South Carolina in the bowl game, five carries for 72 yards, including an impressive 63-yard touchdown run. And so because of all that, decided to come back for year five as a grad student. Hey, I've got a great shot to um, not only be the starting running back, but also to provide... Um, leadership and experience for these other young men coming in who just don't have yet the experience that I do, even though I, I don't have as much on-field experience, had been a special team star, all this stuff. And uh, man, this is just, this is one of those moments where life and humanity is bigger than a game. Yes, uh, we're going to definitely look ahead to what this means for Carolina's backfield. But first, 
we have to pause and remember everything this young man has been through to get to this point. From being a walk-on to being a special teams guy to moving his way through the backfield, getting these opportunities at the end of last season. And now here we are, primed and poised, two weeks away from opening day kickoff, probably going to be the running back starter. And now this. British Brooks, our thoughts, our prayers are with you. Heal well, heal quickly. We'll see you next time. But I would be remiss if we as a show didn't then talk about, okay, so what happens next? Coach Brown, Coach Longo, Coach Porter, they have to put their heads together and, and figure out what to do. Obviously, they it's not never has it been like it's going to be British Brooks and nobody else. And so that's the good news. There is a lot of depth. It had been a six running back room we've been looking at where there's going to be a two to three person rotation. And so we've always known that to be a reality. So it's not like all their eggs were in the British Brooks basket and nobody else was there. So that is thankful. And then thankfully you do have a deep room. But as I've already alluded to, it's an inexperienced room, even with Brooks. And it was a young room, although Brooks was a fifth-year senior. But now you lose him. It's an extremely young room. A junior, two sophomores, and two freshmen are the five left um, fighting for, for carries and for targets, basically. So the other five in the mix will we'll go most college experience to least. You've got junior DJ Jones. I, I really thought he had some strong moments last year, then got injured. And it just really never found his way by that point. Ty Chandler had really solidified everything, and and that was that. Then you've got sophomore Caleb Hood, and he's just a monster, a beast. I really liked what I saw out of him early last season, but just like Jones, sustained an injury and just never really fully found his way back into the mix. You've got another sophomore in Elijah Green. Now, he showed off a lot during spring camp this year and, and really raised some eyebrows. This dude has so much speed. Great, um, like, gets in, can get in the open field and then is just gone, right? Um, and then you've got these really highly touted and highly skilled two freshmen in George Petaway and Omarion Hampton, who everyone is stoked and excited to see him. It's like the same fervor we're hearing about some of the other just really skilled freshman that Carolina has brought in. It's just recruiting great, skilled young men now. And so everyone's very excited to see Petaway and Hampton. And so uh, having these five guys, having a, this this pretty big shakeup now, means that it's really incumbent upon Coach Porter over this, this week. This is the last week before game week. So he's got to get reps for all five guys in the mix so that he, along with Coach Longo and Coach Brown and anybody else in on those conversations, can put a plan together. Um, and, and truthfully, you know, like, we're going to get down to these two or three guys, and I would imagine right at the beginning of the season, we're going to mostly see um, the, the three returners in that two to three running back mix. Um, and, and then as the season progresses, we'll see the two freshmen work their way in. Now, it also, uh, losing 
British Brooks makes it all the more convenient that Carolina has these four non-conference games to start the season. Over the spread of five weeks, by the way, because there is a break after Georgia State before hosting Notre Dame. And so you've got these four non-conference games to really see where things are at now. Who's going to rise to the top? Maybe that's even an opportunity for the freshmen to show their stuff. You could also potentially juggle things around based on opponent or game script and which running back suits really well to the defense that another team is throwing at you. My projection is this. When I originally recorded this segment, I more or less said, hey, British Brooks is going to be the guy out of the gate. He's going to be RB1. He's going to get... Um, probably the most carries, but also keep in mind that starter doesn't always equate to most carries. And so I, I think we probably would have seen a little bit of a, of a mix of that. And so I said, British Brooks is your day one starter, but we're going to look up in late October, early November and see one of the two freshmen taking over the lead back role. I just think there's, um, their capability, their skill set is too much to be denied as, as one of them really just taking hold of the role. Um, so, um, and then at the end of that, I landed on Petaway as being the guy. Um, so that that's what, what I said, and, and honestly, that's what I'm going to stick with. So given the Brooks news, it muddies the early part of the season because that changes a lot of that calculus. But I think it honestly solidifies what I'm saying about Petaway and Hampton later in the season that now there's even one less mouth to feed and more opportunity for them to rise to the occasion and show everything they can do and really one of them solidify being the the bell cow later in the season and so i'm gonna stick with that i'm gonna go with dj jones to be the starter against florida a&m week one I, i think for a lot of the same reasons you would have said British Brooks, him being kind of the elder statesman now of this group. And uh, I just think that that's what the Tar Heels will do. But again, I'm going to stay with by the end of the season, I think George Petaway is going to be the guy. Now, we might look back and uh, cold takes, old takes exposed is going to be staring me down in the face, and that's fine. But that's just what I'm saying now in mid August. And I'm really curious your thoughts too. With Brooks out, who will be RB1 for Carolina to start the season? Would love to hear that. Now, here's the truth. It doesn't matter who's back there getting the carries if there's no hole and there's no protection. And so how is the offensive line going to look? How are they going to rebound this year under coach Jack McNell? We're going to talk about that in just a minute after I tell you about LinkedIn. As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. So create a job post in just minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd want to interview and ultimately hire. This is why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Again, that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. 
Terms and conditions apply. Okay, so we've looked at the running backs, but now we got to look at the group that is going to be protecting them, paving the way, clearing the path. Let's bottom line it this way. Sam Howe was scampering a lot last year. We turned into this narrative of, man, Sam Howell and by extension the Tar Heels are down a lot. But I, I think that some of that is the offensive line. I, th I think that some of that is Sam Howell himself, who has at times a penchant for holding on to the ball a little bit longer than uh, desire what's desirable. And so, yeah, there is certainly blame to place on the O-line, but um, th they need to grow. That's, that's the bottom line. There has to be growth. And so the group that started together most of last season, and so that would be the Virginia Tech game and the final eight games of the season, are Asim Richards, Joshua Azudu, Kyron Johnson, Marcus McKeithen, and Jordan Tucker. And so you saw in the Virginia Tech game to start the season, um, Joshua Azudu and uh, Asim Richards in different positions than they were later in the season. We started off with Joshua Azudu out at left tackle and Asim Richards at left guard, but later in the season they flipped. And so um, that, that's what was going on later. So going across what we had most of the season was Asim Richards at left tackle, Joshua Zudu at left guard, Kyron Johnson at center, Marcus McKeithen at right guard, and then Jordan Tucker at right tackle. Now, what's gone from that group? Well, you lose two NFL draft picks in Joshua Izudu and Marcus McKeithen, both of whom went to the Giants. And then you lose Jordan Tucker, who went as an undrafted free agent to the Steelers. And my man, come on, Jordan Tucker, latch on, get you a, a roster spot. And so it looked like Carolina was going to have back Asim Richards and Kyron Johnson. But coming out of spring camp, seeing some of the writing on the wall, Johnson decided not to come back for his sixth year. So the only person that started the majority of the season that Carolina gets back is Asim Richards. Now, he then has to be the dude. He's got to be the guy to bring experience and protect whoever is named as the starting quarterback between Drake May and Jacoby Criswell. And so that's nice. If you've got an anchor, at least it's your left tackle protecting the blind side there. But when, when we do look across the rest of the line, I, I think we kind of know pretty much who it's going to be. And so at left tackle, the Seam Richards, let's just work our way across. Ed Monolis coming back uh, should be the le starting left guard. That, that seems like uh, pretty much he's locked in there. At center, you've got the transfer from Miami. That's Corey Gaynor, along with Brian Anderson still in the fold. I do think that Gaynor is going to win that position battle over Anderson. At right guard, you've got William Barnes, who's been in the system. And then at right tackle, you've got something interesting in Harvard transfer Spencer Rolland coming in. And then just freshman stud dude, Zach Rice. And so that'll be interesting. My projection for who's actually going to start, uh, Richards at left tackle, yes, 100%. Monolith at left guard. I think Gaynor again wins out over Anderson at center. Uh, Barnes at right guard, and then I'll go with Holland, similar to what we said about the running backs. I'm going to project the the guy with more experience, not necessarily in the in the Carolina system and program, but I think Holland's experience gives him the edge at least early in the season over Rice as he works his way in, and then I wouldn't be surprised to see a flip-flop at some point this season as Rice starts to assert himself. However, Ultimately, some of that doesn't matter because we've got to talk about developing depth, and that is of utmost importance. And that's both for now 
and for the future. Coach Brown has definitely talked a lot about developing that depth in the short term because you got to win this season. You got to have healthy guys. Um, really, you'd ideally love to be two deep, but at, at least eight deep um, in terms of five starters, one backup center, one backup tackle, and one backup guard. Again, you'd love to have uh, two deep at all five spots, um, but at least those eight would be good. Now, the reason for the long-term depth is, let me let me just fly you back through these guys that I project to be the starters. Asim Richards, senior. Ed Monolis, grad. Corey Gaynor and Brian Anderson, whoever is the starting center, both grads. William Barnes at right guard, senior. Spencer Rollin, the, the Harvard transfer, grad. So of the seven, those six guys and Zach Rice, who we project to be, um, you know, seven definitely playing, six of them could ostensibly be gone next season, leaving behind only Zach Rice. Yikes. And so you don't want to be caught with that as your only option there with, with Zach Rice and everybody else is gone. So the time to build depth for the 2023 season is right now. Particularly because, again, these first four games of the season are non-conference games. You you have to establish the core group, the guys that are going to be your starters through the season. But you hope that at least um, against Florida A&M and um, at Georgia State, you hope you can get off to big leads and maybe give those some of those guys at least a rest in the second half, get some of those backups in. Uh, who knows when you go to Boone to App State, you, man, it'd be awesome to have a huge lead and play those guys in the second half, but who knows? And then with Notre Dame, just have to see how that game script unfolds. But in these four non-conference games, you really hope you can give some of the starters a rest to see what you've got in some of the depth and continue to work at developing that depth so that you could legitimately be at least eight deep, if not 10. That That is your hope and what you look to do. So that's the personnel. What about the brand new coach? Well, Jack Bicknell is a name. He's a, he's an entity, did great things at Louisville, limiting sacks. Um, and the good news is he has been a coach with offensive coordinator Phil Longo before at Ole Miss. Now, in that system, based on what Longo likes to run, Coach Bicknell's line did allow some more sacks. And so you, there's some risk reward with all the, the vertical routes Carolina likes to take those bombs. And so, you know, sometimes as you wait for those plays to unfold, your, your line's not going to be able to hold up as long. And so there is kind of a balance that they're going to have to strike there. Um, and so I, listen, I, I am cautiously optimistic about what this group will be able to do together to protect whomever is the starting quarterback and whomever is the starting running back as well as the depth that comes in. Uh, going to be really interesting to see all that unfold, but uh, we're just going to have to wait to see. Again, question marks everywhere. That is the theme heading into this season. Not literally everywhere, but, but in a lot of places. And so we will look to that. Now, We've, we've looked at some of these offensive guys, the running backs, the offensive line. If you'd like to help some of these Tar Heels we've been talking about and others financially, well, there are all sorts of new name, image, and likeness opportunities out there. All sorts of stuff. It's confusing. And that's why I'm here is to help you unpack it. And that's exactly what we're going to do right after I tell you about Built Bar. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There is a new flavor. Ready? Delicious indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to what's going to be your new favorite. 
cookie dough chunk puffs, and they have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course covered in 100% real chocolate. So it's all the joy of eating cookie dough without the hassle of having to make it. And keep in mind, it's healthy for you. Just 160 calories and a whopping 15 grams of protein. So run to built.com right now to snag a box for you and your family, or just hide it and keep it for yourself. Like all built bars, the new cookie dough chunk puff is covered in 100% real chocolate. Man, light fluffy texture covered with that, oh, that wonderful chocolate, healthy and tasty. And what's great about Build is that all of their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. So eat something that tastes good and is good for you. So whether you just need to grab a snack after your workout, a late night treat, whatever it is, go grab one of these puffs. Go to built.com right now, use promo code LOCKEDON15 and get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON15 uh, locked to get 15% off at built.com. Okay, so NIL, it has been this crazy landscape. Everyone's trying to figure it out. What's going on? How do we help the Tar Heels? That's ultimately what everyone wants to know. And well, the good news is that even in this confusing landscape, I am here for you to help explain it all, unpack it all, and give you options of how you can best help the Tar Heels you love to watch and want to help support. And so let's just dive into that. Like, I don't want you to be confused and I want to help. Remember, UNC was the first university in the history of college athletics to enter into a group license with student athletes. And so, man, the, the Tar Heel Athletic Department really trying to get ahead of that game to, to stay on the, the forefront of the NIL landscape. So here we go. Here is the big brand new thing. Influencer which Carolina had already been connected with, and the athletics department have teamed up to create the Carolina NIL Exchange. What is it? Glad you asked. Let me just read it to you verbatim. It's an online marketplace to connect Tar Heel student athletes with local, national, and global businesses interested in partnering on NIL opportunities. It's cool. This is available for all 20, 28 Carolina varsity athletics sports and all of the more than 800 student athletes at Carolina. All of them have automatic access to this portal. And so what happens is businesses can register um, for it and then they can message student athletes or request contact info to begin a discussion. What's awesome, neither the athletics department or influencer is involved in these negotiations. It's just creating a marketplace to help facilitate these discussions. Well, there, if it's something you're interested in, there is a kickoff reception Monday, August 22nd, so a week from today. It's this in-person two-hour opportunity, almost kind of like a job fair situation where you can just connect, make some, some networking things. And so representatives from interested businesses, they can meet and speak directly with these young men and women. From, from the uh, GoHeels.com release, the newest addition to Carolina's comprehensive best-in-class NIL program, which provides industry-leading resources and expert education to help student-athletes enhance their brand and maximize opportunities and value. If you want to learn more kind of in real time, they've got a Twitter page at UNC underscore NIL. You can follow that. 
Something else I love about this for the student athletes is it really helps them process their responsibility in it. Uh, they create forms for the student athletes so they can report those to the athletics departments who can then turn it over to the NCAA compliance department, making sure it's all above board and in line with the NIL expectations. It will also help create forms for the student athletes to help um, them know about their tax um, responsibilities um, in terms of reporting and how they got to do all those things. So really going to be helpful on the student athlete side of things. Uh, I checked out the Exchange website. It's up and running. Looks like a very simple portal to apply and ultimately be approved. As with all things NIL, it's going to take time to fully figure it out, but they got a great groundwork going and I love to see this foundation. I think this is a great step in the right direction. Now, some other things you might have heard about and wondered like, is this legit? Can I look into this? Can I be part of this? So let me give you some of those as well. Heels for life. Like you've probably heard of that. What is that? Is that part of Carolina? I don't know what's going on. Well, it's something that football supporters created last fall. It was the first ever collective to benefit UNC student athletes. They've just hired a gentleman named Graham Boone as their new executive director. He starts on August 22nd. This is great to help lead and guide and direct it. So he's going to be kind of the conduit for Heels for Life between the athletics department and the Rams club. So all of these people are playing well together, and that's what you love to see. So Heels for Life is an it's independent entity. It's a not-for-profit, non-for-profit to facilitate NIL opportunities specifically for football student athletes. It's a legit organization. The athletics department is on board with it, so you can feel comfortable giving to Heels for Life or entering into things there, just so you know that. Okay, something you might have heard about just last week is the Chapel Hill NIL Club, right? All these different things. What is this one? Well, um, this is created by football student athletes for football student athletes. It's the first student-led collective at Carolina. So it's super cool. It's a way to support the whole football team. Why so? Well, let me read to you the player's statement about it. It's a membership-based community allowing fans to financially support and interact with our team. Fans can join right now by making any monthly commitment. So you want to directly help the Carolina football players, all of them equally. That's the key word. You can submit to this. You can be part of the monthly subscription. I love that to support the 80 plus members of the Carolina football team who are participating. If you want to look up more about that, chapelhillnilclub.com. And if all told, if you're ever wondering if something is legit, can I give to this, can I be part of this, or am I going to hurt things if I'm part of this? Well, you can email uncnil at unc.edu to learn more about anything. I know that they will be happy to help you. And what about the Rams Club? They're part of all this. Keep giving to the Rams Club. That's not going away. That is a vital part of how we help support Carolina student athletes. Bottom line, if you're wondering, send an email, ask questions, and man, great stuff. Love that we're helping figure this out to help support these young men and women who are part of the Carolina Athletic Program. Well, that's it for today's episode of Locked on Heels, kicking off the week. Coming up this week, our stat series tomorrow, we're going to be looking at three-pointers, how Carolina's going to do this year. Uh, man, Coach Pat Kilby and I are unpacking Armando Baycott's game. Can't wait for that conversation. So I love that you were able to tune in with us today, kick off the week in the right way. If you haven't subscribed, please go do that and smash the like button for those of you watching. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Heels. Follow me at Isaac Shade. Let me also encourage you to make Locked On ACC your second listen today. 
Host Candace Cooper and the local experts of Locked On take you around the conference in 30 minutes, five days a week. It's been great to be together today. I hope it was the right way to kick off your week. Can't wait to be together the rest of the week as well. And remember, it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Until tomorrow, peace! <laughs>